What is consuming you today? I mean, what is that overwhelming, exhausting struggle that you or someone you love is facing today? Maybe it's a financial thing or a job issue. Maybe it's a relational struggle. Maybe it's a health matter or a personal crisis or a huge impending loss. What is it that absolutely overwhelms you in your life today? The area in which you desperately need hope. This week, we continue in our May You Pray focus. Week one was based on Ephesians 1.18, and our saying was, May you pray for people each day. And then last week was based on Ephesians 1.19, and our saying was, May you pray to know Jesus better today. And we talked about why it matters to know Jesus better. And this week, we arrive at Ephesians 1.20, which says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And with this, our saying this week is, may you pray for hope along the way. Hi, my name is Tasha Williams, and I have the privilege of leading the Family Disciple Me ministry. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you and equip you with some thoughts and ideas from God's Word so that you can have a meaningful, impactful discipleship conversation with someone God has entrusted to you. That person may be your friend, a family member, your child, a coworker, or you may be the one that needs the hope and encouragement for your life today. My prayer is that this specific episode will help you springboard into a meditation and then a conversation about prayer and hope. The link to the written discipleship conversation guide that goes along with this episode is available in the show notes. As I've been pondering Paul's prayer in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, and as I've been writing this year's May You Pray series, I've thought a lot why and how it makes a difference. When we talk about may you pray for people each day, why does that matter? When we talk about may you pray to know Jesus better today, why does that make a difference? And then as we arrive at may you pray for hope along the way, why does this make a difference? How does it make a difference? What is hope and how does that affect our lives? Paul prayed that the eyes of his friend's hearts would be enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And I've wondered Just what is the hope to which God has called us? How are the eyes of our hearts enlightened? I've leaned into this because honestly, friend, it matters to me to understand this better before I articulate it to you. I don't want us to just have trite answers and trivial responses when we talk about prayer and hope and faith in Jesus. I want us to get to the heart of the matter so that when we speak about these things, whether it's our internal dialogue with the Lord or our external conversations with those we love and those that are entrusted to us, we really understand what we're talking about. 
all this in mind, I did a word study about hope from one end of scripture to the other, and there are so many inspirational and encouraging verses. But is that all that hope is? Encouraging? Inspiring? These are wonderful attributes for sure. But I wondered, is there something even deeper here? And that brought me back to thinking about the things that consume me, the worries, the fears, the losses, the struggles. I look at the lives of those I love, including the amazing people on the Family Disciple Me team, and I see the issues that are threatening to consume some of them. Life is hard, way harder than I think most of us ever imagined it would be. And what do we do with that? What about you? What do you do with that? What are the things that are consuming you and your family and the people that you love right now? Well, way back in the Old Testament, there was a prophet named Jeremiah. And talk about being consumed. His life, his people, his country, his very existence was being consumed. His health was wasted. His flesh was rotting away. His people had been completely destroyed. His familiar places were demolished. His soul was filled with angst and bitterness and grief and despair. It was so bad that Jeremiah wrote, My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. Jeremiah couldn't even remember his last good day. Talk about being consumed. In the midst of his pain, Jeremiah wrote some poetry. And I guess that's a really great idea because the arts can be such a good way to deal with pain. But letter by letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Jeremiah listed the sorrows and the struggles that he and his people were going through. It's possibly the most depressing book in the whole Bible, this book of Lamentations. But in the heart and the core, the very center of the book of Lamentations, Jeremiah wrote this, Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. That's Lamentations three twenty-one through 25. And here's the thing about the Hebrew word for hope in this passage. The word yachal means to wait, to await to have hope, to be expectant. And in scripture, for godly people, yachal is always, always, always tied to the Lord. The whole world, us included, is waiting, waiting for the pandemic to end, waiting for the economy to improve, waiting for relationships to get better, waiting for illness to go away, waiting for better days, waiting for things to change. Waiting is part of our humanity, but hoping is part of our faith. Because here's the thing, we can stay in the weight of yachal, or 
we can focus that weight on the Lord, and then the weight is transformed into hope. This is the essence. This is the difference between being a Christ follower and not being a Christ follower. All of us are going to have to suffer. All of us are going to have to wait. All of us are going to feel consumed by life at one point or another. But God's people don't have to let this be the totality of their stories. God's people can focus their weight upon the Lord and let Him transform that weight into hope. Oh, friend, this comes with so many promises. Verse 25 says, The Lord is good to those whose hope, whose weight is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. This reminds me of our family disciple me motto, Seek Him, Speak Him. And then in verse 24, Jeremiah wrote, I say to myself, The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait. I will hope for Him. This makes me think of the, quote, riches of the glorious inheritance that Paul was talking about in our memory verse for this week. In verse 22, it says, God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is faithful to his people. He gives us new grace and mercy and strength every morning, and we can rely on that. We can count on that. And then in verse 22, Jeremiah wrote, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. You may be struggling. You may be facing an exhausting, completely overwhelming season right now. You may have issues you are dealing with today that just absolutely take your breath away. And not in a good way. You may feel at the end of your rope just dangling by a thread. But friend, have you been completely consumed yet? Have you been finished off, terminated, fully destroyed? If you're listening to these words, I dare say not. You are in the waiting room. That's a given. The question is, upon what are you waiting? Are you going to wait like the world waits? Or are you going to wait like God wants his people to wait? Are you going to wait like the pagans or hope like one of God's holy people? Personally, sometimes I find myself stuck in a pagan mindset, waiting with worry and anxiety because of the things I can't control or fix or change. When I do this, I find myself beginning to swirl in despair and stress. But when I shift perspectives and let that weight be transformed into hope, everything changes. And this is why we say, may you pray for hope along the way. We want to pray that we'll have hope, that our friends and family and those we care about will have hope. We want to focus on God in the waiting rooms of our lives so that Our weight is transformed into his hope, hope that he will heal things, hope that he will fill the old holes in our hearts, hope that he will carry us through the current obstacles that we're facing, hope that he has a plan for us that's bigger than all the obstacles. 
We want to pray that he'll help the eyes of our hearts see the goodness he has for us right now, today, in this moment, despite the problems and discouraging things that may be consuming us. We want to be people of hope, people who comfort others out of the comfort that God has given us so that in the waiting rooms of their lives, they're encouraged to seek the Lord too. No, we are not consumed. We're simply waiting on God to see what He is going to do next in our lives, including the miraculous, which we're going to talk about in next week's Discipleship Conversation. For now, may you pray for hope along the way. May you pray for hope, and may you be a person who gives others hope in Jesus' name. May you be someone who inspires conversations about this in your family, with your friends, and with all that God entrusts to you. As we close, I want to pray this beautiful blessing over you. Paul wrote this prayer blessing to his friends in Rome. He said this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friend, I'm praying that wherever you are, whatever your life circumstance looks like today, whatever you and your family and those that are entrusted to you are facing, I'm praying right now that you will feel God's powerful hope in the waiting room of your life. So go with God, friend. May you pray for hope along the way.